fish swam out of the ocean and grew legs and they started walking and the apes climbed down from the trees and grew tall and they started talking welcome and thank you for tuning in to the fun with crypto podcast i'm phil and this is episode four in this episode we're gonna discuss how you can get involved in cryptocurrency uh, because of course not everybody is a software programmer so I'm gonna discuss a couple of different ways that people can get involved in the uh, in the space and in the community I also got a, um, a question from a listener uh, about essentially how to transfer money from a uh, from a wallet to an exchange so I'm gonna do my best to describe a very basic uh, transfer type of scenario that hopefully will help out some beginners out there who might be feeling a little little bit afraid to do their first transaction onto an exchange. Well, let's get started. All right, so you know, you, you're not a software programmer and you look at the crypto space and it seems really interesting and um, you try to figure out how you can get involved. So I have a technical background and no, I'm not a programmer. I don't know how to write any code, although I do troubleshoot uh, certain aspects of code. Uh, like I have to look through XML files and whatnot. So obviously there's a certain amount of technical ability that I already have, but regardless of you know the technical ability that I have, I can't contribute to any project through writing code. So, but there's other things that we can do. Uh, we can get involved in the community by number one, trying to understand the technology as best as possible, and then helping out other people that don't quite understand it or are trying to get into it. Um, through possibly joining some different Facebook groups or even going on Twitter or Reddit and trying to guide others to not make the same mistakes that, that we've made through the learning process. That's definitely one of the, that's one of my goals. That's one of the reasons I do this podcast is uh, at one point I'm probably going to do an episode on some of the scams that I went through and hopefully, you know, for a new listener, they'll find that information helpful and it might even stop them from having a really bad experience in the crypto space. Okay, so anyways, so let's say you are you are technical. Let's say you're a graphic designer. Well, you know what? There's a lot of projects out there that need graphic designers. So there's definitely nothing wrong with if you want to decide to lend out your talent and reach out to a project that you find interesting, that you might believe in. Um, there's nothing wrong with reaching out to the uh, to the devs and seeing if they uh, if they need any of that. In my case, there was a uh, there's a coin that I was mining um, called Varium, and um, they needed some uh, they needed some people to uh, to do some testing on the wallet. Um, so I, I was fortunate enough to be part of the Slack group, and uh, I agreed to to do some testing on their on their new wallet, and that was really fun. You know, it just involved installing some software and reporting back the times that it took to load the blockchain, the times that it took to do a transaction. I mean, these are simple things that, that you can do um, that really help out these projects and they need people to, to do this. Or you can just do like I did and set up a podcast. You know, once you, once you feel comfortable enough with the material and you feel that you have enough different topics that you'd want to discuss, you know, maybe, maybe there's something that you want to discuss about cryptocurrency that isn't currently being discussed. Well, starting your own podcast is, or is definitely a good way to get that information out there. I mean, I, I listen to, uh, eventually I'm going to do an episode on all the different podcasts that I listen to. And, um, I, I got to say that it's thanks to those people that, and their podcasts that I got enough motivation and, um, 
enough courage to start my own podcast. So that's because I felt that the information that I bring is slightly different than theirs. And I bring a slightly different voice to the to the community. And I think it's important that, you know, we we all contribute to this because the reality is, is that Bitcoin or cryptocurrency specifically, like it, like anything else, heavily relies on the network effect. So if we're not out there talking about it and getting people educated and more comfortable, then, you know, the, the space is simply just never going to grow and become what we want it to be. So yeah, the point of that is get involved in any way you can and don't think that for a second that you don't have anything to offer the space. Everybody has something to offer. If you're interested and you have a burning desire to learn more and to understand more and to be involved, then if you just stick to it, you will be. All right, moving on to the next topic, we're gonna discuss a very general, generic way of moving your money from a wallet, um, from a crypto wallet to an exchange. So this obviously assumes that you have a wallet on Coinbase or you have a piece of software on your computer uh, like a Electrum or the Exodus wallet and you have some BTC already in that wallet. In the example, obviously, I'm going to use BTC. Um, so the use case will be more relevant if you're actually doing this with BTC. Um, but anyways, so th th there's, there's those assumptions being made, right? That you already have BTC on either Coinbase or Gemini or whatever on-ramp of your choice, and you've already set up an account on an exchange, um, like uh, let's say Bittrex or Binance um, or I don't know, KuCoin, something like that, anyways. Okay, so essentially what happens is, is this, right? What you wanna do before you do your transaction, of course, is you wanna log on to your exchange. Okay, you wanna log into the exchange. Most likely, almost all of them have a very similar type of interface. There's gonna be a, a button that you're gonna click on that's gonna bring you to a kind of like a general profile page. You'll either have a button for your account or balances or funds, whatever language they wanna to use to indicate. Because essentially what happens is when you create an account on an exchange, it it sets you up with these, these kind of, I would call them sub wallets because you don't have the private keys to these wallets. The exchange has the private keys and, and it, it, it almost like it gets a subsection of addresses that it gives out for every single different type of coin that, that, that they allow trade with. So anyways, so you're gonna click on this funds page or balances or whatever it's called and you're going to look for, you're gonna make sure, you're gonna wanna make sure that you're not hiding zero balances because on a lot of these exchanges, they have an option to hide zero balances. You're gonna to wanna to make sure that that's not hidden. You're gonna look for BTC, and when you find BTC, you're gonna look for something that says deposit, okay? And you're gonna to wanna to click on the deposit button, and what that's gonna do is, it's probably either gonna bring you up to another page, or it's going to open up a window that's gonna show you a QR code, of the BTC at your BTC address on that exchange, or it'll show you a combination of the QR code and the actual BTC address for you on that exchange, and you'll have an option to copy it. So you're going to want to make sure that you copy it. Uh, once you have it copied, you're going to want to go back to your your on ramp or your BTC wallet, whatever method that you're using, 
and from there what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to do a send transaction so again it's a general overview I don't know the interface that you're using so you're going to want to click send you're going to want to input your BTC address and double check that address make sure that that is in fact a BTC address um, because one thing you have to know if you send BTC to an Ethereum address your BTC is most likely gone yes there are some I, I know of some people that have managed to get back their coins um, I'm gonna see if I can find I know that there is one resource out there uh, that actually can get back coins for transactions that have gone wrong but the general rule of thumb for cryptocurrencies is you are going to want to transfer when you're using a wallet you're going to want to transfer cryptocurrency a to cryptocurrency a so Bitcoin to Bitcoin Litecoin to Litecoin Ethereum to Ethereum you'll you'll always want to stick with that and to be honest if you stick with that you're likely not to have as many problems so anyways you're gonna to want to do a send transaction you're gonna put in the BTC address that you copied from your exchange and then you're gonna to want to go and send it now keep in mind depending on the fee that you paid um, and depending on when you sent it because it's a 10 minute block time um, it can take I mean I've seen these transactions I've seen these transactions take 12 minutes um, which to me is fantastic I've also unfortunately been in some situations where because there's something called um, batch transactions and what happens is in some cases let's say you're transferring it from coinbase and I'm not saying that coinbase necessarily does this but there are some exchanges where when you go to do a transaction you click send and you think that your funds have now gone to that location but they're actually waiting to get a whole bunch of transactions all in one shot so that they can send it so I have been in the situation where sending BTC from one location to another has taken um, five hours six hours um, and there's even there was even one situation where I transferred where I was trying to get money off of hit BTC I, I would definitely not recommend using that exchange uh, from my own personal experience maybe they've improved or maybe I just had a, a one-off but in my from my experience I tried to transfer uh, approximately $300 worth of Bitcoin off of that exchange back to my wallet and the transaction took over 24 hours it was it was really really um, it was actually pretty stressful um, but don't get me wrong that's an anomaly that happened to me one time so and I, I consider that to be you know what for a technology that's as young as it is I consider that to be completely acceptable and I know that in the future it's only going to get better so that's gonna do it for this episode I just wanted to remind everyone you know even even the person that knows the most right now in this space is still learning we're all still learning this is all very brand new so you know like I said in my first first intro episode don't be afraid not knowing that that's that that's the I think that's one of the worst fears to have because when you're afraid not to know you're not going to open your mind up to understand so thank you very much for listening and I'll catch you in the next episode.